welcome to another episode of the On With Shahan podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the channel to catch all the newest content. Today, I have an extremely special guest. He's an entrepreneur, a mixtape specialist. He's the co-founder of Ball Is Life, which is one of the most viewed media companies in the world. He's also my former roommate, my groomsman, and we share the same grandpa. Thank you, Adik Kasoyan, for joining the podcast. Thanks for having me. Glad to be on on with Shahan, finally. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming on, man. I've been waiting a while. First, it was focused on like crypto stuff, but I wanted to open it up to entrepreneurs, celebrities, athletes, co-founders of startups, and um, really glad you're on. You know, for those that don't know, Adik and I are first cousins. Uh, we grew up together um, in the Bay Area. I saw him birth uh, his company, Ball's Life, right in front of my eyes. So it's really special to have him on. And, uh, I want him to give his backstory, his startup journey. Adik, for those that don't know you, um, why don't you give them a little bit of your background of who you are, your upbringing, where you came from, and then what led you to what you're doing today? All right. So my name is Adik Soyan. <laughs> I was born in Beirut, Lebanon. Uh, I lived in Beirut until I was 13, almost 14, and I moved to the States in the summer of 2001. Uh, two months later, 9-11 happened. Uh, so the timing of that was uh, was interesting. Right. So anyway, I moved to the States at 13, and... I got to move in with very generous cousins of mine. <laughs> one of them, one of them, sitting right here in front of me. Uh, me, my parent, me, my my parents, my sister and brother uh, were shared a wall with Shahan. <laughs> <laughs> the good old days. I don't know. Uh, anyway, so Shahan kind of introduced me to American culture. He would tell me. Like, oh, this is the kind. This is the type of slang you would have to you have to use at school. You would be like, you don't say all right, you say all right, <laughs> <laughs> and just little things like that. Um, anyway, throughout the saw, you know, the transition from moving from Lebanon to the states is obviously a hard one, uh, especially being being a teenager uh, going going to eighth grade and then into high school. You know, that's probably the for a lot of people, that's the hardest years. Um, and, you know, I was just kind of, for me, what helped me the most probably during that time is A, having uh, someone my, similar to my age and you um, and your family and also just kind of being ignorant to and clueless about, you know, what was going on around me as far as like, Looking back, I can see, looking back and like replaying a lot of memories and a lot of moments at school, I now realize that people were probably making fun of me, but at the time I never got it. So <laughs> it, it kind of worked in my favor. It worked out, right? Yeah, exactly. And it didn't get in your psyche at all, which is good. Yeah, cool. it didn't yeah. get in my psyche. Um, but again, so moving here, of course, one of the main things was the language barrier. Now I had learned English my whole life uh, in Lebanon, but. It's one thing to learn it in school, another thing to have to use it in practice. So I was always kind of hesitant to speak. Um, I didn't know how people were going to react. You know, I had an accent. Um, it was hard for me to make friends. So throughout this whole time, 
uh, basketball was kind of my escape basketball. And as you know, Kobe and the Lakers, I was, I was obsessed with them. Right. So I, I just kind of, um, so, you know, head first into everything basketball. Um, and again, of course, I was a fan of basketball growing up in Lebanon, but coming to the States. And who was the Lebanese player that you really liked? What is his name again? Ronnie Cycli. Ronnie Cycli. Yeah, yeah, he's a legend. That was your pride and joy in, in Lebanon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In Lebanon. When he came back to play in Lebanon <laughs> and for Lebanon, like, oh, man, that, that united the country for the first time. Right. Fast forward back to what we're talking about. Basketball was kind of my escape in Lebanon. The way, the way we consumed basketball in the NBA was through a magazine at my in my school library, if that, uh, a game or two on TV, if you're lucky. So even though I was a huge, huge Kobe and Laker fan growing up in Lebanon, I'd probably only seen about four Laker games ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so coming here and, you know, your home team, it had that all 82 games are televised. And then there's the national TV games. Uh, we lived in the Bay Area, so our home team was the Warriors during their during their shitty years. <laughs> we used to be able to walk all the way to the front when we got the yeah, exactly. Tickets. And you yeah. would go to war- Warrior games to watch the other team, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, but again, like just being able to watch like what, like 27 national TV Laker games at the time was like the best thing that that ever happened to me. So, you know, and the internet, you know, nobody had internet at home in Lebanon, and here. Uh, you got that internet and me just being like, I would like always ask if I could check my email, but really what I was doing <laughs> was checking NBA and Kobe stats. Um, so yeah, I mean, it just naturally, uh, basketball was always like a big part of who I was. Um, and going through high school and just kind of like discovering uh, my passion and whatever those are just trying many different things until something and I remember coming across this fan-made Kobe video mm. and looking at it. Um, it was called Kobe Bryant Redemption. Uh, and it was after, you know, all the his, – his trial case in Colorado and all that and um, kind of his comeback story. But it came back two seasons – the following season, he was going back and forth in court. But the season after that, he had a historical season, averaged 35 points a game, whatnot. So anyway, it was it was that season, and this video just blew my mind. And the fact that it was fan made, uh, it just kind of like a light a light went up in my brain, like oh oh shit, I can do this too. Mm-hmm. And that that was the exact moment where I was like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna dedicate myself to making basketball videos, and if it works, it works. If not, um, it'll It'll be something good I can put on my resume. Uh, it, it'll, I'll gain experience and maybe it'll lead somewhere. So that's how me getting into making basketball videos started. And I remember when you made those first few Kobe videos, like all the family would gather and watch your videos because we were just like amazed. Like we had no idea you had this talent or like you could right. do stuff like this because, you know, we'll get into this later, but you were not really motivated in school. And uh, the classroom setting, and I think right. a lot of entrepreneurs are this way, but the classroom setting doesn't fit because it's within the confines of rules and structure mm-hmm. where you're a creative person and you don't want rules and structure. You want to right. create your own rules and structure, um, which I thought was amazing. And then 
you, I, I, I felt like a lot of people saw right away that there's clearly something going on here. There's some kind of talent. Was that what led you to continue to do it? Or was it that you like doing it? Or was it a little bit of both? I think everything you named had uh, contributed to it. So yeah, A, like the classroom for me, uh, it was hard to uh, maintain focus. And especially at the high school I went to, we had the block schedule, which was great. But sitting in class for 100 minutes and focusing the whole time is also challenging. Um, and what I tell people is I spent the, if the effort and the time I put in to not put effort and <laughs> into my work and, but get it done anyway, like I, if I had just spent that time to just put in the effort and study anyway, like it would have, it would have taken just as much time or if, if not even less, you know, but you know, I just came up with like creative ways of like putting the least amount of effort into my schoolwork. Right. Um, and uh, so, yeah. And, and as far as the video, part of it was, yes, positive reinforcement and encouragement from family members and friends obviously was very gratifying. And it was definitely a contributing factor to me uh, keep doing it. But I think for me, it was just like, I get to be, you know, I wasn't comfortable at school. I wasn't comfortable in class for, you know, again, I was, I had just immigrated to the States. Um, I, w I still didn't feel like I fully fit in. Uh, it was still uh, so many cultural differences. Uh, but when I was at home in my room by myself on my computer, like I was in my own world. Um, in a sense, I was like, that's when I could truly be myself. And that's what I just truly uh, loved about it is there were endless possibilities with the power of editing and video. Um, I have all I have, you know, this creativity that's just like waiting to come out and I could channel it through video editing. So, yeah, those are all factors and what I what made me. So you got from those mixtapes. So move me from the mixtapes to the inception or the creation of Ball's Life, meeting Matt, your partner. How did that all happen? Yeah, so if I didn't mention yet, I started doing a lot of basketball mixtapes. Uh, mainly, I did mostly Kobe mixtapes. And then people were like, how many Kobe mixtapes are you going to do? We want to <laughs> see something else. So like, I would like, force myself to like, throw in another player or two here and there just so I can get back to making more Kobe mixtapes. Right. Um, and eventually, at the time, we were there wasn't YouTube. Uh, all these social media platforms weren't a thing. Um, there, there were, the way you would do it is, uh, like upload websites like SenseSpace, um, there were a few others similar. You would upload your video there and then post it to message forums. Mm -hmm. And there was like an under, underground, uh, basketball mix makers, uh, website called mixmakers.net. And, uh, that's where people like myself kind of united and it was pretty popular at the time. Um, and that's where I would post my mixtapes. Um, and it was just like nice, fun community. Uh, and eventually I met someone there who said, Hey, I know this guy. He's, 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 uh, he started, he started this company called Ball is Life. Uh, it's not really a company at the time. He just like started this idea called Ball is Life where he wants to go film his own basketball content. Uh, so you're not just like using NBA footage. 
you get to actually own it, uh, put your name on it. Hmm. And uh, he's looking for, for an editor. And I was like, hell yeah, I'm so down. This sounds amazing. Uh, so he put me in touch with Matt. And at the time, uh, just to be clear, I, I'm not a Ball's Life co-founder, but I am a Ball's Life co-owner. Co-owner. Um, okay, got it. Ball's Life was founded by Matt and a couple of buddies of his. Um, they were young. Uh, they were. They didn't all see eye to eye. You know, they had different um, visions, or just not all of them were 100% into it. So eventually, Matt just uh, got left with Ball's Life. Uh, a few months later, I joined, um, and basically that was like for me when Ball's Life really, really started. Uh, because basically we started from scratch, like all the footage they had compiled at that point, like uh, Matt no longer had access to. Um, so every, we had to you know, just start from zero and work our way back up. And for me, I was just looking for opportunity to edit uh, mixtapes that basically we 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 owned. And owned is the, is not the right word, but it was it was mine from like ground up, you know. Like we shot the footage. Um, the fact that it was high school players, um, I had always been interested in you know where these NBA players are coming from because as you remember, uh, when LeBron was in high school, you and I and a few of our friends like we talked about it, and then like I remember you calling me and waking me up one day because LeBron was on TV in the McDonald's All American Dunk Contest. And you you didn't want me to miss it, and just it, it was so like besides the you know one or two times you see uh, high school basketball and like these uh, future NBA stars on ESPN or Sports Center, like you had no idea where they come from. And for me, it was, that was so intriguing and um, so exciting at the idea that like wow, like we get to basically go and film like all all these like next LeBrons. Not to say there is necessarily next to LeBron, but people like LeBron um, and kind of document their journey to the NBA. Like I was all about that. Mm. And um, so that's how I got into with Matt and Ball's life. Um, and after, after helping Matt out and going to events with him and filming, I mean, he, I think he kind of saw how dedicated I was and he basically said, hey, like we should be partners in this. And of course, immediately I was like, "Hell yeah!" That's how Ball's Life became what it is. Well, I, I remember all of those things happening in real time, and um, I remember seeing your early success in the Kobe videos. A lot of views, a lot of forums were talking about the stuff you were doing. You were building a name for yourself. Then with Ball's Life, you switched to filming your own content, building, editing that, creating really cool mixtapes, and then Ball's Life started to have a life of its own. Right. And uh, started to become like this basketball lifestyle brand. So, in be, before it got there, um, and before it was starting to be known, like NBA players or college players or big high school players were retweeting, resharing all this, all the content you guys were creating. When did you see the success? Like, when did you see, hey, if we get this recipe down, if we get this formula down, and we start creating content in the, in the way that we know how to, it's just a matter of time into, until we were a success. Or maybe you didn't see that and you were just like, we just love doing this and we're going to continue to do it. Did you see at some point, hey, there's something, there's something we got going on here? For sure. I mean, 
for years, Ball's life was uh, like our side hustle, a hobby that um, at times it was challenging. It was hard. We had to sacrifice a lot. You know, I had to uh, I had to find a balance between social life and like, okay, like came to a point I realized the more time I put into Ball's life, um, the more I kind of have to answer a lot on social engagements and like going out and partying. Um, and being young at the time, you know, that's really like one of the, that's stuff's also very important to you is like, well, it's the weekend. I want to go out with my friends and cousins and, um, you know, my, you see their pictures on my space and you feel like you're missing out. Um, uh, I think that, that just kind of getting to the point where realizing that like, you know what, it's a, this is, this is a sacrifice and that I would have to make. Uh, and the reason for that is because we saw the way the basketball community was reacting to ball's life, uh, and how much, and how like they, they were they were so amazed by these mixtapes. And for me, it was like, I've, I'm editing the mixtapes and I've seen them so many times that by the time it gets released to me, it like doesn't even necessarily look good anymore. Uh, but just seeing like these basketball players react to it and like how thankful they were. Um, a lot of these players maybe didn't get uh, attention from colleges until Ball's Life put out a video. And all these, all these different factors were definitely like, hey, like this is... There's something here. We know it. We have to stick by it. Um, and through all, all all the hard times and uh, frustrations, and you know, sometimes you go uh, months without no real payoff. You know, uh, and just the in the back of our mind, just knowing that, like, hey, at least the basketball world loves what we're doing, and uh, they are 100% behind us was definitely a motivating factor. Yeah, and I think uh, a big part of what I saw as well in terms of like you building this community and the love from the basketball community is when I when you and I when I like sometimes went to the games with you, um, I would notice that you would have relationships with not only the players but their entire family, and right. so it wasn't just a fan with the players; it was everyone in the family. Because to your point, some of these players didn't get any exposure. No one was covering these games. No one was covering high school. So not only did you get them exposure you gave them an amazing piece of content and mixtape for them to use to show different schools or different people that were looking at them. And, you, and as a byproduct, a lot of the family really got behind what you were doing too, to which not only did you get this like whole, like all these different classes of students that were playing, but you also got all the families and probably their siblings right. and all that stuff too, which that over time, I feel like really, you guys built a community of people that really love what you're doing. For sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's crazy to me that sometimes I would go to games and I wasn't the most social person. And again, I think, like I said, uh, moving here at the age I did, uh, I was very, I was always very insecure in my like, um, and my uh, communication skills, I guess. And I never really, uh, I never really addressed those. So again, growing, graduating high school and like into my adulthood, 
I, if I could avoid talking to people, I would avoid talking to people. So like I would go to these games, I would just try to like be as invisible as possible, do my thing and leave. But, you know, slowly people were coming up to me, uh, players coming up to me, talking to me, and then eventually family members coming up to me, family friends coming up to me, the student sections coming up to me. Now the student sections, I'm becoming friends with, with kids in the student sections. And uh, I mean, it was just, it was just insane. And in a way, like I would go to these, uh, some of these schools and I would feel like it was home, you know? And that was, uh, that was just incredible to me in a way where I was living in Southern California away from my family. Um, uh, and I kind of like missed that home feeling and uh, yeah, basketball was, and a lot of these gyms were like, kind of like my sanctuary in a way where I could kind of now not, it's not just at home in front of the computer where I feel uh, the most comfortable and like I could be myself. Now it's like these basketball gyms that I'm going to and you know, just people embracing me was, uh, was just incredible. Yeah. And uh, I can't imagine you doing a corporate job. Um, you know, like if you did right. some type of corporate job, like I couldn't even, <laughs> You did work at Chuck E. Cheese at one time. I don't know if people oh, know yeah. this. For two yeah. years, I worked yeah. at Chuck E. Cheese. I think they're going under, by the way, and they should. Um, that place. Yeah. That, those those uh, those dancing robots scare the crap out of me. <laughs> uh, but I could never see you in a corporate job. And I think that, you know, you mentioned a lot of things about how you had, like, a tough transition from Lebanon to here and trouble communicating but you know bat your love for basketball then doing the editing you're able to communicate in different ways um have you ever thought about what you would do if uh life was different or you maybe you were in lebanon or maybe um that wasn't an issue the communication skills or whatnot i mean i feel like it led to you to ultimately what you were going to do best but have you ever thought about if you had a corporate job what you would do i do think about that a lot I don't know what I would do if I had a corporate job, but I think whenever I go down that like that train of thought, eventually the conclusion I come to is just the realization that like, wow, I'm so thankful right. that this was this was the path my life <laughs> led to because I can't even imagine doing anything else. Yeah, I couldn't yeah. see you at all in that kind of environment, and that's yeah. not to say anything about your work ethic or your work product or any of that. It's just you've designed your work style and your work efforts to your skills and strengths, right. which, which I think to your point is why um, you kind of ended up, I think by design though, um, in a, in a way, in a setup that you really enjoy. So to that point, um, so I, I, you know, as you know, I talked to a lot of different startups. Um, I've talked to tons of startup hundreds, if not maybe even thousands over the last, you know, four or five years. Um, and, uh, it's not an easy journey to, to do a startup. And then a lot of these startups even get venture funding, which like gives them a lot of runway, a lot of cushion to do the things they need. You didn't have any of that. You didn't have any of the cushion. Um, you made a lot of sacrifices. Um, we talked about this, um, a little bit briefly, a little bit earlier, but it's not always easy. You know, like we see where you are now. But there was so much that you did. So many hotel rooms were probably like four or five guys in the hotel room. You guys are all staying in cities you've never stayed in before. You're trying to capture content of a player maybe in a remote place. You're trying to work with uh, teams distributed all over the place. There's other people that are maybe trying to do what you're doing, maybe copy what you're doing. It's not an easy thing. So 
you know, a lot of things I like to ask founders, especially really successful ones like yourself, is how do you stay motivated? How do you have an optimistic and positive mindset um, throughout that? And how does that help you push forward in what you're doing? I feel like it was just, first of all, you saying that being in hotel rooms with this many people and like, I just want to give tell you how true that is because there were so many times where I would be in a hotel room in like middle of nowhere in like Kentucky or somewhere and just like thinking to myself like what the fuck am I doing here <laughs> <laughs> you know like places where like you, you taxi take you have, if you want a taxi it takes maybe like 50 minutes for them to arrive you know that's in the middle of nowhere and you're just like what am I doing here and those uh those moments right there it, it lead to a lot of like reflect self-reflecting and into what you're doing and uh i think in those moments you kind of just get reminded that like and you know you kind of like when you have those thoughts you're trying to like kind of like reverse yourself back into like okay like what am i doing here okay well i'm here because all his life, you know, we do this and that. Like, you, you think about like all the positive things you've done. Uh, I helped this player. You know, I was at this game. Like, this mixtape dropped, and this this how people reacted to it. Uh, I remember so and so telling me that like they didn't have a college uh, off any college offers, and all his life mixtape dropped, and now there's ten coaches contacting them. Uh, I remember the first ball his life T-shirt we released. How uh, we sold out at at a at a tournament and to me that was just crazy because like i never thought that like you don't really being an internet-based company and you're not interacting with people face to face it's hard besides comments it's hard to sometimes grasp like how far the reach of ball's life is how how much you've affected people how people feel towards you and just kind of thinking about these moments being in a hotel room by yourself and just like thinking like, what are you doing with your life? And just kind of like, again, backtracking and like think, going back in reverse and like remembering all the good positive things you've done. So I had a question on that train of thought. How do you cancel out the noise of haters uh, or people that think you're crazy? Because, you know, even early on when you started, um, you didn't have a traditional job. So although we did see talent, we thought, what is he doing or like what is this thing that he's doing is he actually going to be able to have a career from this he's not that focused in school like all these things turns out everybody was wrong but you were able to cancel out or muffle that noise that and you didn't allow it to come through and affect the change in your actions mm -hmm. so how did you go about doing that is that because you didn't care is that because you learned to not care what other people say i mean how did you go about doing that i didn't yes i I didn't care, definitely, and I didn't care because, like, I was all of these things that we had already talked about, like me being antisocial and uh, kind of secluded. I would all feel at home the most when I was by myself in my room. I think this kind of developed the type of mentality in me that where it was like, you know what. 
I can see why people feel this way because a like I don't tell them anything. All they see is like I'm just in my room all the time. Um, um, you know, not the best grades in school. Uh, so I could totally see where people were coming from. I never really took it as like, why don't why don't people believe in me? But it was just like, you know what? I I, I believe in myself. Um, and to me, it was always also the thing was, I'm gonna keep doing Baller's Life because I feel like hey, I'm gaining experience. I'm uh, developing a skill uh, that I could always use. If Ball's life doesn't work out, I can I can take these uh, the skills I've I've learned and take it into something else, and it'll lead to something else. Which, um, you know, we did get contracted by the NBA for two or three summers to do their whole video production for the Spike Show Showdown tour. You know, yeah. so I mean, I think that once we got that, that was just kind of confirmed my my thought process of like again if ball's life doesn't work out i'm create i'm developing these skills that will that i'll find success in something else in life um so yeah that was that was really it yeah no i think that's great and i wanted to you know we i wanted to cover basketball as well while we're here there's a lot of startup stuff we covered you watch so much basketball more basketball than anybody so much so that you don't play NBA 2K with me because you don't want to play basketball related games. Right. So we play uh what is it called? Uh Call of Duty Warzone. Warzone, yeah, right. Yeah. And uh so um so I wanna know your top five. Like if you had to have a top five NBA basketball players of all time, mm-hmm. um, who's in your top five? Don't be political. I want the real answers. Who is in your NBA all-time greatest basketball players top five. All right, I'm going to give you my top five speaking from the heart, and my top five speaking from my mind. Okay. Okay. Speaking from the heart, my top five is Kobe, LeBron, Jordan, uh, Shaq, and uh, I don't really have a fifth one. I mean, I can name one of the like generic. Paul Pierce. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. We'll t- I can name like you know not generic by the way. What I mean is I can say Bird, Magic, all these players that I never never watched ever in my life. So any one of those. But if I'm speaking from like objective standpoint, where like if I'm really being honest with myself, it would be Jordan, LeBron, Kobe, Jack. Um, Again, that's I'll give you four because. Tim Duncan? Would you put Tim okay, Duncan? Okay, I'll there? put Tim Duncan. I'll put Tim Duncan there, but I got I have to say this on record. It bugs me so much when I see people put Tim Duncan over Kobe in their lists. And, you know, they they like to bring the facts up that like, oh, he's been so consistent for so long and like so efficient and like yes, like Kobe has some it had some issues of, you know, shooting the ball when he shouldn't have a, a bunch of times and whatnot. But I think people forget that Tim Duncan kind of like not disappeared. He's been consistent, but he was just in a good situation. Yeah. His all his career. Um, I'm pretty sure he never won. They, I don't think they ever won a back to back. I don't think so. Um, let alone a three peat. There was a big gap between. I mean, there was like a good seven years where Tim Duncan was 
not really talked about in the you know top two or three or four players in the NBA uh, from uh, I believe since the championship they won against Pistons or was it the the Cavs? No, when they beat LeBron up until you know the next championship they won, like they were just like uh, he was just kind of like gone about. And then Tony Parker getting finals MVP, Kawhi Leonard getting finals MVP. Like, if this was Kobe, Kobe would have got annihilated if somebody else on his team got finals MVP. But with Tim Duncan, eh, nobody really bothers mentioning it. Right. Uh, where And, you know, with Kobe consistently from 2001 up until his, the day he got, in, he got in, he injured his Achilles, like – Top two, top three players in the NBA conversation nonstop. You know, top one to three player in the NBA conversation. Um, when Shaq was winning finals MVPs, I mean, Shaq himself was saying Kobe's the best player in the world. Um, Kobe's numbers with uh, those playoff series, people, I think people kind of forget. They say, oh, he had Shaq. But, I mean, Kobe was putting up some insane historic numbers too, stuff. So. Anyway, just wanted to get that off my chest and on record. Yeah, I was never a fan of Tim Duncan. I always say it because other people say it um, in their top five. But I would, I would agree with your Kobe, Shaq, uh, LeBron. Who's the other one you had in the fourth? Kobe, Shaq, LeBron. Jordan. Uh, who? Jordan. Jordan. Yeah, right. Jordan. <laughs> and uh, my fifth, the fifth is tough. I don't know if I have a fifth either. If I had to put one, I'd probably put Magic. Mm-hmm. Uh, although I didn't see him play, I think he um, changed the game from like a point forward perspective, and he won a lot of rings. So you know, I think I think he should be in the mix. So you guys, uh, so you know, in terms of what Ball's life is doing, it's really tough right now because the coronavirus. There isn't any games being played. more content than probably you could use in you know years from now um all the content you have but you guys have done some really interesting things um within e-gaming and e-sports and you're just experimenting and dabbling with that so what it what was the thought process behind doing that i mean it could have just been a fun thing but i think it's really catching some steam now you guys are playing call of duty some other games um online right now so what was the thought process behind that Uh, i think it was something (sighs) Getting into gaming and just kind of having like a Twitch channel was something we had talked about actually probably as far back as like early 2018. But, you know, us being limited in resources in a way where like something like Twitch where it's just like, yes, it sounds like a good idea. But as far as our resources go, it's probably like somewhere in the bottom of the list of like where we're going to allocate our resources to. Right. Um, so it was always a thought in the back of our head. And I think um, with the lockdowns and everything, we just felt like, hey, if there's a time to do it, now is the time. Everyone's at home. Uh, Call of Duty Warzone is like as popular as ever, A, and B, it's free to play for everyone. Right. And we have this relationship with all these players. So uh, our one of our main guys, Tom, uh, he kind of took on the responsibility uh, and the challenge, and yeah, he put we he put together this amazing Call of Duty uh, t- tournament with the, like the best high school basketball players. Um, and it was a, I think the goal at the beginning was to have ten teams, 
And I mean, once we start, once it started, and we start, he started asking teams. More and more people showed interest. Mm-hmm. Turned into a twenty-team tournament. Then we had, I mean, you name it. We had Reef O'Neill, Brawny, Kellen Suggs, Josh Christopher. These are, you know, some of the most popular high school and the best high school basketball players uh, around. Um, and you know, I'm forgetting a lot of them, but I mean, it was just like an awesome. Cool little community thing that we did, and uh, yeah, that, that's just kind of how we, like I said, we thought it was the perfect time to finally get to do the gaming stuff. And I mean, moving forward, everything the internet has changed so much. It's like at some point you have to get into gaming. Uh, I mean, even NBA teams have are invested into sports and um, esports teams, you know, so no brainer. Right. Yeah. And I think I think you captured it at just the right time. I always look at startups at what they're doing uh, during this time, how they're innovating, how they're experimenting with different things. And you guys tried it and it was clear that you guys were thinking about it for some time. And then when you executed it, everyone got involved in it. And uh, we've been playing a lot of Warzone. Pretty right. good. If you, uh, yeah, if the master you running people over, <laughs> you call yourself the Uber driver from hell. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> any, any, any vehicle, whether it's a helicopter, it's a truck, it's a little ATV. I just go while everyone else is really good at playing games. I can't aim. So what I do is while you guys are shooting at them, I just go yeah. back and I try to run them over. Yeah. You're basically our, uh, our distraction. Yeah. The, the enemy team. <laughs> <laughs> we have won a few times so yeah we have for the right. record so how do we check out um balls life your website um all the different channels i know that you guys have an apparel shop too with really cool apparel um yeah. how do we go follow that how do we check that out so our apparel you can check out at you can go to balls life and click on shop or you can go directly to shop.ballslife.com you can check us out on youtube uh just type in Balls Life and uh, it'll be the first one that pops up on Instagram. It's at Balls Life. Twitter is at Balls Life. Facebook is at Ball is Lifestyle. Uh, we're on TikTok now too at, uh, at, tic- uh, at Ball is Life. Uh, I'm sure we're a few other places that I'm forgetting right now. But yeah, just type in Balls Life on any platform you're on and it'll, it'll pop up. Awesome. Thank you so much, Adek Kisoyan. Um, we'd love to have you on again in a few months to see all the new updates. Uh, thanks a lot for joining me. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having me.